0: Are you a real know-it-all? Do you annoy your family by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start a sentence with, well, actually? <laughs> well, guess what? You can go fact yourself. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Go Fact Yourself, the show where we take the smartest people we know and make them look dumb. And then smart again. I'm Helen Hong. And now, socially distancing from our homes in Los Angeles, here's our moderator, Jake Van Stratton. Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you, Helen Hong. Very nice to see you.
0: Nice to see you, Jay Keith.
1: I couldn't help but notice that you seem to be in a different environment than our previous recordings.
0: Yes. I am no longer in the closet that you know and love me in. I am in a new closet because I have
1: moved. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank I'm, you. I'm guessing. I'm guessing it's a good thing.
0: Yes, it is a good thing. Although this closet, my new closet um, in my new bedroom, is actually half the size of my previous closet. but. It's more professional because I spent $120 on this fancy audio foam that -hmm. you see like tacked up on the wall. And I sprayed adhesive to the wall myself. Yes. So about 40% of the interior of this closet is currently audio foam.
1: Wow. And Helen, I have to ask, when did you do that spray adhesive?
0: Like two days ago.
1: Okay. And has has the closet or the room had a chance to air out?
0: Oh, God. Was it, okay. is it, a, well, is it a thing that's supposed to Am I going to faint? Am I going to die? No, just we might record? get some very interesting <laughs>
1: answers from the judges' table tonight. I'll,
0: be, I'll, I'll start. If anyone's like, yeah, you'll know what yes. happened.
1: Excellent. Well, congratulations on the move. Uh, I, do, I realize that I have been in my same apartment now uh, for 24 years. Oh, my gosh. Yes, really? I, I do not like to move.
0: Well, having moved as someone who moves actually more often than I'd like, I am a pro at moving and it sucks every single time.
1: Well, congratulations. Welcome home. And we're glad that you joined us. Today on Go Fact Yourself, two guests will compete to answer questions about facts they know, facts they might not know, and frankly, facts they should know. Plus, we'll meet actual experts on two very different topics. And finally, we'll declare one of our guests the winner of today's show. Let's get started and meet today's guest. Helen, who is up first?
0: He is a comedian, musician, and writer who hosts the podcast Dave Hill's Podcasting Incident right here on the Maximum Fun Network. It's Dave Hill.
2: Hello, Dave Hill. Hello. Thanks for having me. Welcome. Very,
1: very, uh, very great to have you. And now, usually you're in New York, but I understand uh, currently you are uh, in the Midwest?
2: I am. I'm hiding out in a small Finnish fishing village on the majestic shores of Lake Erie.
1: And are you a fisher yourself, Dave?
2: No, no. I, are you majestic yourself? I'm, I have majestic moments. Are you Finnish? I'm not Finnish, but I... I like their whole deal. I'm in.
1: Uh, Dave, Helen mentioned in your intro that you are a musician, and a lot of people might not realize that they have heard your music if they watch a certain late night comedy talk show. Tell us about that.
2: This is true. My band, Valley Lodge, uh, we're very obscure, generally speaking, but one of our songs is the theme song to Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. Millions of people have heard us, whether they realize it or not. So
1: that is so cool. Yeah. How did how did your little band, as you describe it, get to have the theme song on the John Oliver show? Which is, by the way, a great theme song. I oh, think.
2: thank you. I would say just luck, but I mean, obviously, I know John from the New York comedy scene. I'm I know Liz Stanton, who's the showrunner there. So I think I'm not a detective, but I would. Pr- I think it's probably a lot to do with that.
1: <laughs> if you had to put your finger on it, it would be I know people who are in power. I know I know very powerful
2: people at the show, but um, it was it was a really nice surprise though because I literally just got a phone call one day and they said, "Hey, we want to use one of your songs." And I thought that they were just asking me to suggest one, but they had already mm. chosen that one. It had come out already. On on one of our obscure albums a few months earlier, and uh, so I guess they went, and they're like, "Who has a band?"
1: I guess Dave has a band. So, um, so your recommendation for somebody who maybe wants to get into the theme song game is start a small band, record a song, record a song, go into comedy, going, yeah,
2: yeah. It, it's one of those things. Like uh, I can't think of a, a parallel now in in baking. I guess with fermenting. If you were gonna make pickles or something, just put them in a jar yes, and leave if you're it. Going to, if you're going to bake fermented pickles. And then just go do something else entirely. Yeah. So oh, what okay. I did is I recorded an album that was not <laughs> even my job. <laughs> and, and then I went and did my job of comedy and then I just answered the phone. And, it and they, fermented. And they said, hey, we like your pickles. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> I think it's just the, the, uh, the lesson I always tell the young people is don't mm-hmm. try. Just just mm. do stuff and see what happens. I think that's the, that's the lesson I learned.
1: Well, it's wor- it worked very well it's for you. It's worked out. Uh, speaking of doing stuff, one of the other stuff that you've done, uh, you've written a few books. Your latest is called Parking the Moose, uh, in which you explore your Canadian roots. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful topic, and, and I've read great things about the book. Thank in you. In a nutshell, what did you discover about your Canadian roots uh, on this journey that you went to? Through well, uh,
2: my grandfather was from Canada, and I always talked about how it was the greatest country in the world. Obviously, in America, we're taught otherwise, uh, which is increasingly a problem. <laughs> and so, I decided to sort of pursue like, "Hey, what's uh, what's going on up there?" And I I really like it, uh, and I, I recommend it. Uh, you, there's you recommend Canada? I recommend it. I mean, you know, I think there's a reason most people only go to Montreal, Toronto, and Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, and not so much Winnipeg. Not to I didn't come here to take shots at Winnipeg today.
3: <laughs> okay.
2: But I think that I learned, you know, there's a reason. I, you know, you hear more about some places than others.
1: Okay, fair enough. Well, we're so glad that you heard of us, and we're willing to come on our show. Linda and Mr. Dave Hill. Thanks, thanks, thanks for, for being having me. Helen, against whom will Dave be competing tonight?
0: She is a comedian and actor who hosts The Soup on E. It's Jade Catapretta. Hello, Hello Jade Kate
4: Kate Kate. Catapretta. Hey, guys. Hi, Jane. Were you
1: making your own klaxon?
4: I had to, just a little.
1: It's so exciting <laughs> oh, to have you that. here. You are, of course, are the host of The Soup, which is such a great and fun show. And you were a fan of the show before. This is something that you had thought about. Or you dreamed about becoming the host yourself.
4: Oh, yeah. I was a little immigrant kid, you know, 12 years old, like watching. I, I was a huge John Henson fan. That was my guy. Like, that was the yeah. one. But yeah, I was a huge fan of the show. And it was, you know, I watched TV a lot as a little immigrant kid. And it was a big, major reason as to why. I, I talk like a, I'm a host already. As I learned English that way. <laughs>
1: That's interesting. You learn, so you learn you learn English sort of in a presentational fashion.
4: I did. I, I watched a lot of sitcoms. Sitcoms are ah, kind okay. of like. They make me melt in my heart still. I'm, very, I'm a sucker and award shows too. I just cry through the Oscars, you know?
1: As, so how is hosting The Soup different than you thought it might be when you were just a fan dreaming of doing it?
4: Well, you know, I'm definitely bluer. My comedy is definitely a little bit bluer and, you know, performing on stage brings another energy than you do at home. I think like the first test show, I think the notes from the people who watch it were like, she's trying a little too hard. And I was like, what? <laughs> I'm so chill. Well, we've
1: learned from Dave Hill. Always a mistake.
4: <laughs> always a mistake. <laughs> try it
1: all. Don't, yeah,
2: don't try.
4: So, you know, just finding the energy of, like, you know, I'm speaking to people just on their phones while they're on the mm. toilet versus, like, you know, <laughs> the energy that you have on stage where you kind of have to carry the energy a little more. So it's, you know, it's adapting and finding it and making it my own, too, because mm. obviously everyone's like, where's
0: Joel? And I'm like, I'm the captain now. <laughs> um, <laughs> are you? Are you naturally a pop culture head? Like, do you love watching TV yeah, because it's, it's a lot of watching TV and a lot of like keeping abreast of pop culture to talk on that show. You know, I'm more I'm more into the TV part of it than the pop culture stuff that kind of like comes along with
4: it. I'm not really look, like I'm not really looking on, you know, Prince Hilton every day, but I am watching all the all the crappiest, most delicious TV shows out there. Which... <laughs>
1: uh, you mentioned that you were uh, an immigrant, you, came from, you come from Brazil, and yeah. I read in an interview that you were one of the things you were looking forward to uh, hosting The Soup was bringing an immigrant perspective to it. So what does an immigrant to America see that maybe someone who was born here doesn't?
4: The perspe- my perspective is different than you know every dude's sure. that's been on the show too, but I think it's yeah. also like shifting the joke where it's not as snarky and it kind of has yeah. a fan's perspective. So I'm kind of looking up at the material versus kind of like looking down on it yeah I don't know I want it to feel like inclusive like where it's like I am I am an idiot haha ha. you know I want people to feel <laughs> kind of included in it versus being like oh did she just offend me well she's smiling oh. um so yeah that's kind of the, the immigrant perspective for me and then also you know just I'm bringing in a lot of Portuguese there's a lot of little hidden messages I sign off the well show I noticed you do Portuguese. a certain sign off yeah
1: tell us about the sign off that you do on the this so
4: every week I get to do a little joke that people don't know where I'm being a little inappropriate or like this week it was like a lot of boob heavy jokes. So I got to say, like, you know, to all the women with huge breasts out there, you know, kind of a thing. And will you say to all the women with huge breasts in Portuguese? Oh, well, I said, Boa noite, tetudas e peixinhas. Ciao, babies. Mm-hmm. And then I just signed it off. So
1: Ooh, pretty I was pretty that's...
4: excited. And then I feel oh, like I, guess... I had a secret, you know? I'm like, nobody. Yeah, knows.
1: absolutely. Uh, you've performed stand up in Portuguese as well.
4: Yeah, yeah. I tried it for the first time three years ago. I went back to like, reconnect and try it and wow you know i hadn't eaten like that in a while um i forgot (laughs) i forgot that that you know it's just a little drip of sweat going down your crack Mm. where you're like oh but uh yeah and it was cool and i think once i kind of realized that i could just kind of tell the story versus translating every joke i kind of found Mm. this weird little rhythm and then you come back i came back to the states and having the language again was just like, oh, whoa, I started to kind of understand.
1: You've performed at the Comedy Store a lot, and I also heard that you bartended there as well. I was wondering, like, oh, is that a great gig because you get to see so many uh, comics, or is that an awful gig because you have to see so many comics?
4: It's both because, you know, you would go and do your set, and then I would have a horrible set and then I would have to sit at the bar the entire rest of the night. <laughs> As like Tony Hinchcliffe was like, I just crushed it. I'm like,
0: oh great. <laughs>
4: um, It was both. I mean, it was so cool to be a part of the history. I, I've always really romanticized the comedy store and mm-hmm. the origin. And so it's cool to work there. but it was also, you know, miserable. Um, I cried a lot. <laughs> it was a boys club and, um, you know, a lot yeah. of like, yeah you know we pushed each other it was a bit of a competitive environment we should, mm-hmm. you know some people say it's the gateway to hell and some people like it um
1: <laughs> i like i noticed that you're not saying which one I'm
4: you are of, i mean i it's kind of like yeah. that dad that I need attention from that won't give it to me. You know? <laughs> my dad's very supportive, so I needed that persona in my life. Um, but I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm really proud to be a part of it. And, you know, I got to learn a lot bartending there. I would sit back, the bar is connected to the original room stage. So mm-hmm. um, you can hear a lot of the stuff. And also the OR, I don't know if you know this, Ellen, you know probably, you've felt this, I'm sure, but it's the hardest stage to perform in anywhere in the world because oh, God. when Mitzi made the original room, she made it soundproof so that Cirrus wouldn't hear any of it. So the, the room eats laughter. So there's no bounce. Uh, And so I did not,
0: that part I didn't
4: know. Yeah. I did not know that. That's why
0: it's so, when it's quiet in that room, it is dead quiet. Yeah. it's Yeah. I mm. always did wonder like the root, the the walls feel carpeted in there. Yeah. yeah, They like, they absorb, (laughs) they (laughs) absorb the (laughs) happiness.
1: Um, Wow. Well, we thank you for joining us and reflecting happiness tonight. It's wonderful to have you, Miss Jade Catapretta. Uh, All right, Jade and Dave, we asked each of you to provide us with a few topics outside your, your field of work in which you feel you have some expertise. Dave, you said you know a lot about the rules of ice hockey, electric guitars and dog breeds. Whereas Jade, you said you know a lot about Miley Cyrus, the musical rent and laser hair removal.
4: Oh, yes, I forgot. Oh, to, oh wow. yes, I forgot that was my third one. I thought I had a different one, but <laughs> well,
1: well, Dave, you might have a chance to steal on any know. of those topics.
4: A, I might be underprepared. Well, later on, we're going
1: to ask each of you some in-depth trivia questions about one of those topics. But first, we're going to get your thoughts on something you might know nothing about. It's time to split some hairs with our What's the Difference round. We'll have one question for each of you, each worth up to two points. If either of you gives an incorrect answer, the other person has a chance to steal. Your topic today, Calm Down. First up, Dave. Dave, your question comes from a listener. Who is it, Helen?
0: It's actually from two different listeners, Spencer Patterson King of Ellsworth, Maine, and Kyle McCowan of Arlington, Virginia. Listeners, if you'd like to submit a suggestion for What's the Difference Round, go to GoFactYourPod.com and click on Get Involved.
1: Thank you, Helen, and thank you, Spencer and Kyle. All right, Dave, in the topic of calm down. They both seem like the opposite of wild, but what is the difference between a domesticated animal and a tame animal? Domesticated animal and a tame animal.
2: I think a domesticated animal is bred to live or to dwell among humans, and a tamed animal is a wild animal that, you know, they've just kind of talked into going along with it.
1: They've talked into it. How did they do that talking into? Just,
2: hey, uh, just calm down. Calm down. Here's some snacks.
1: Just go oh, along with it. Me.
2: Have some fun. Yeah. That's, okay. that's
1: what I believe to be the difference. All right. Very good. Well, we have Dave's answer. We don't know yet if he is entirely correct. Jade, what do you think?
4: Ooh, a domesticated animal um, is one that, you know, cooks dinner for you every night when you come home, Um, (laughs) wears pearls while vacuuming, and a tame animal. Um, I don't know, a domesticated animal, yeah, I feel like I have a similar answer to his where um, maybe it's it's more years within human interaction Mm -hmm. that makes it a domesticated animal versus a
5: tame one.
1: OK, I like mm-hmm. what you were going for for the domestic, though. I was imagining, you know, like the little French maid outfit. <laughs> the you know, little like that, fox, that. like, mm, honey, yeah. did you have a hard work? All right, well, this segment needs to be spayed and neutered. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts.
0: Here are the facts. A domesticated animal comes from a population that has been bred by humans to make them work or play well with us. The result of this breeding actually makes permanent genetic changes that last for generations. Think of dogs or sheep that are genetically selected for specific characteristics like companionship or wool. A tame animal refers to an individual animal who starts out wild, but then is trained to be comfortable around humans or even to perform specific tasks. Oh, like my boyfriend. Oh, sorry. (laughs) 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 Some people have a trained squirrel or fox or monkey, but they are genetically still wild and their offspring will be completely wild until they are also tamed.
1: Uh, that's right. Uh, and of course, not all domesticated animals are tame. Bulls have been domesticated, but will still run you down in Pamplona. And my cats are domesticated, but will still pee on my head. Helen, <laughs> how did Jade and Dave do in that round?
0: I'm going to give Dave Hill two points, because I think he got both parts of that question correct. Um, although, Jade, I really appreciate the visual image of, like, a wild animal in a in an apron. I like
1: that, too. I got to admit it. <laughs>
0: offering offering. Trumpets.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Uh, all right, congratulations, Dave. That is two points for you. Up next, and calm down, Jade. Jade, they both might help you calm down, but what's the difference between a sedative and a tranquilizer? A sedative and a tranquilizer. Okay,
4: a sedative is something that would maybe help your your system slow down, and a mm-hmm. the tranquilizer is something that probably would make you pass out or be and hit, like you maybe fall asleep i don't know what the technical term for that is uh, it puts you out um,
5: mm-hmm.
4: one makes you a little sleepy and you shouldn't drink with that and the other one it just puts you out
1: so sedative will relax you and a tranquilizer yeah one like a
4: mom takes a, a pu- takes at night and the other one is like for a horse
1: Letter? Okay. <laughs> I was waiting for you to bring your boyfriend to this one as well. But.
4: One, per, one boyfriend joke per episode. <laughs> okay, fair enough.
1: fair enough. That's right. We got to pay extra for that. Uh, all right, uh, Dave, we've got Jade's answer on that. We don't know yet if she is right. What do you think, Dave?
2: Tranquilizers, more fun at parties. We all know <laughs> this. No, I think, yeah, like a tranquilizer, if you want to and I'm not recommending this, But if you wanted to have a bear at a party just for fun photo ops, I wouldn't do it Uh uh, for many reasons. But I'm saying if you wanted to, Mm -hmm. you go tranquilizer. Right. If you wanted to go on Mm -hmm. a car trip with a bear, then you go sedative. So he just sleeps until you get to Denver.
4: Oh, I did opposite. Mm -hmm. And you're not
2: not recommending the car trip one. I feel like a sedative, the bear would sleep and they like that. I don't know why I dragged bears Mm -hmm. into this. I went to a minor league <laughs> hockey game once that had a bear uh-huh. photo taken with a bear at the at the a real yeah, bear? and I remember I was just a kid and I thought this seems bad. <laughs> I feel bad for the bear, and I'm questioned the uh, the ethics of this organization, this team. I don't know. How You're
4: such a sweet kid. Wow. I feel like we're waiting for the bear's version of the Tiger King. <laughs> it hasn't come yet.
1: All right, well, this segment is putting me to sleep. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. (laughs) I needed to hear it.
0: Here are the facts. While a sedative and tranquilizer are medications that can do some of the same things, the main difference is a sedative is designed to help someone go to sleep. Just about any cold or pain medication that has a PM after its name usually contains some sort of sedative. A tranquilizer is designed to help someone reduce anxiety or psychosis mm. and bring literal peace oh. of mind. And that's the kind of PM that I oh, like.
1: Yeah. I would have taken wow. the
4: opposite. I would have been passed out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that is right. And uh, wow, Helen, that was just so tranquil and sedate. <laughs> what, you just, uh, what you. You just did there. Often, tranquilizers also have sedative effects, and modern pharmacology is always on the lookout for medication that can bring peace of mind without causing you to fall asleep or to eat an entire bag of Oreos. <laughs> Helen, how did our guest do in that round?
0: Jade, I don't think you got either no. one of those right. I think I, I went opposite. I think, opposite. You were, I, think yeah, I switched Yeah, I think I went opposite. Yeah. I, and Dave, um, I'm tempted to give you half a point because in amongst all the talk about bears, you did say... <laughs> Sedative would help a bear sleep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you half a point.
1: All right, half a point for Dave. Uh, Very good, Dave. And uh, hey, good statement about that minor league. Yeah, they needed to hear it. We've had a lot of different guests take strong positions on Bears in minor league hockey <laughs> promotional <laughs> events. And uh, it's, nice, it's nice that uh, you're sure. countervailing that. Helen, what is our score at the end of that round?
0: At the end of that round, Dave Hill has two and a half points and Jade Catapretta has zero points.
1: Well, those scores are bound to change as we move on to questions about topics our guests have chosen for themselves. It's all up ahead when we come back on Go Fact Yourself. Hi, I'm Dave Hill from before And I'm very
2: excited to bring Dave Hill's podcasting incident back to Maximum Fun, where it belongs. You can get brand new episodes every Friday on MaximumFun.org, or, you know, wherever. And what my partner Chris Gersbeck and I might lack in specific subject matter on our podcast, we make up for in special effects. Chris, add something cool right here! Also, we have explosions, animal noises. And sometimes, even this. Dave Hill's podcasting incident, every Friday on Maximum Fun. Chris, do another explosion right here.
0: back to go back to yourself for our score is dave hill with two and a half points and jade catapretto with zero points once again here's jakey Vance stratton
1: thank you helen all right dave of your many interests you told us you know a lot about the rules of ice hockey electric guitars and dog breeds let's find out a little bit more about each of those first you said you know a lot about the rules of ice hockey that this goes back to not
2: to drag my grandfather into it but having a canadian grandfather i try to ingratiate myself With him getting the will and all that. learn And learn about the Canadian sport of hockey.
0: Did he watch like every single game? Was he like religious about watching games?
2: No. Because he couldn't. It was a simpler time and you couldn't. Because we lived in Cleveland Mm. and it wasn't on. He would just talk about it. (laughs) As the thing that happened. But now I'm making up for it. Now I watch it. I do not care about sports. At all, except for
1: hockey. <laughs> and was it about the rules of ice hockey that uh, that appeals to you? Is there something in, in ice hockey that maybe is different than other sports that you like? I think the there's just like a, a lot
2: more going on in hockey. It's sort of like a better version of soccer. Mm-hmm. In a How more, dare uh, you? Oh, I know. <laughs> Shots fired for Oh my for God, Jay. yeah, you're from Brazil. I shouldn't have said that. I guess... <laughs>
1: My only complaint...
5: That's right. They're not
2: very passionate about their
1: soccer there.
5: i sure it's <laughs> fine.
2: I like it. It just seems like a lot. the field's very large, and there's a lot of running around. But I like that, you know, yeah. it's, ba- it's basically the same thing going on. Just yeah, yeah, few- yeah. Just yeah. sort with of. I think. Yeah. It, so those are the only two good sports, basically. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: okay. All right. Well, Dave, you also said you know a lot about electric guitars. Tell us about that.
2: I play them, and I really like them just because they're sort of, like, interactive art. Or maybe that, I think that maybe is what I tell myself to justify (laughs) buying. It's the one, well, of a couple things that I buy, I guess. Uh, I buy them a lot. And they're fun, and you get one, and you're like, that's cool. And then you're like, I better get another one. Like, even just right now, there's, like, three in the distance right here but normally, I probably have, I probably have like 20 of them I guess no. oh wow whoa, whoa, whoa. which is a really? lot for someone that lives in New York
1: yeah. <laughs> yes. oh and my you brought gosh. three of them with you to a small town in Ohio
2: I did and the thing is I didn't I feel like I should have brought more because I thought I was gonna come here for like <laughs> two or three weeks and I've been here for five months. So, yeah, it's, it's been cool. No, do, do you miss some of the guitars?
4: Do you I have
1: some-
2: do, because they're all fun. Yeah.
1: Do you have yeah. a guitar sitter at home looking in on them?
2: No, I did. I, a lot of them, you know, some, some are out on loan. People have them. But I did hide some of them in the event that someone broke in. I was, I hid my favorites to make them really hard to steal. But there is someone checking in on the place, you know. Um, everything's going to be fine. But even that
1: person doesn't know where the hidden guitars
2: are. No one are. knows where those are. No, but then there's also people checking in, snooping around, making sure.
1: (laughs) All right. And then finally, Dave, you said you know a lot about dog breeds.
2: I think I know a lot about dog breeds. Whatever is in the 1973 Encyclopedia Britannica, I know everything about dogs that's in that. I don't know, there's been a lot of changes since then. Nothing's changed. Nothing (laughs) nothing (laughs) has changed. It's right over here.
4: It stopped at Pavlov, and that's it. We don't know
1: anything (laughs) else. Tell us about some of your favorite dog breeds, Dave. Which are the ones that mean something to you? Well, my
2: favorite dog is my dog, but she's a mix of Boxer, which is a fun, energetic breed, Pitbull, Mm -hmm. Ditto, and then I think she's some Rhodesian Ridgeback, and they used to... Oh, they're fun. They they help hunt lions, and um, but my favorite is probably the Newfoundland dog. When I see a Newfoundland dog, that is the happiest I can be in life.
1: All right. Well, to summarize, Dave, you told us you know a lot about the rules of ice hockey, electric guitars, and dog breeds. Tonight, we're going to quiz you about electric guitars. Okay. All right. You're feeling good about that. Uh, And now, now, do you have a bias against acoustic guitars?
2: No, I love them. I think they're, it's more of a... Uh, there's so many factors. This is another thing that's exciting. But with acoustic guitars, there's so many things that can go wrong and so many factors that it might suck. Whereas an electric mm-hmm. guitar, you know, you could get a really great electric guitar for cheap just by if someone showed up to work in a really good mood that day and did something great, whereas an acoustic guitar, that's probably less likely to happen.
1: All right. Well, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in the topic with our three-part question. But before that, to give you a chance to show off, here are five trivia questions about your topic, each worth one point. If you want it, you're allowed a total of two hints in these five questions. Jade, do listen closely, because you can steal if Dave gets any wrong. Jade, by the way, how much do you know about electric guitars?
4: Well, as you can see, my nails don't impede me from doing oh. a few things in life and uh, playing guitar is well. I do play the oh, U. Nice. I have one um, because it, you get one when you register to be a female comedian.
5: <laughs> <laughs> um,
4: Wait, I haven't gotten mine yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got it. It's at your old address. Here, you got to get it forwarded. Um, All
1: right. Well, it looks like uh, but, uh, it looks like Davis yeah, is your uh, category to do well in. Here's your first question. Dave, most guitars have just one. It's not uncommon to find a guitar with two. John Paul Jones of Led Zeppelin played one with three, and Rick Nielsen of Cheap Trick played one with five. What are these elements that make up the longest parts of most electric guitars?
2: uh, Neck. Do I answer in the form of a question? No, I just say neck.
1: Only if you want to confuse people. The neck. The
2: neck of the guitar.
1: That is correct. That is correct. Very good for the point. Fun fact, the National Guitar Museum has one with eight. It's called the Rock Ock because of its resemblance to an octopus. Guitarist and sculptor Yoshihiko Sato has created and played a 12-neck guitar. Uh, Have you played multi-neck guitars,
2: Dave? I've played a double-neck guitar.
1: Okay. And
2: even that is a bit, you know, feels like one too many most days. It's a lot. It looks cool. I mean, (laughs) I've thought about getting one. Just because it looks so cool, but then right. you have to carry it.
4: How do you around. play them all? I mean, do you just kind of? And are they tuned the same way? or they?
2: They can the same be. Routes? It depends. They can be any sorts of things. But like the the best, the coolest one, like I forget what it's called. But it's basically a double neck Gibson SG, and one is twelve strings, and so, one is six. And Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin plays one, or used yeah. to, and. He looks really cool doing it.
1: Yeah, it does look cool. All right, Dave, here's question number two. In the 1940s, a certain gentleman took a 4 by 4 hunk of wood, added guitar strings and some electronics, and called it The Log. What was the name of this man who's had many guitar models named after him? Les Paul. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Uh, Fun fact, people loved the sound of the log, but they were put off by the appearance of this thing that looked like an electrified fence post. So Les Paul took the body portion of a regular guitar and cut it up the middle vertically, stuck the two pieces on either side of the log, so it was shaped like a guitar. Uh, You got the point there. You did not need the hint, but Helen, if he had, what would that hint have been?
0: It's not more Peter.
1: It's less, Paul. All right, here we go. Question number three, Dave. You're two for two. Single coil pickups on electric guitars can cause problems because they produce electromagnetic interference. The double coil pickup was designed to stop this interference and its accompanying noise. What is the common name for this type of double coil pickup?
2: Humbucker.
1: Helen? What did that you comment?
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's
1: what I I'm really thinking. That is correct, the humbucker. Uh, fun fact, the earliest widespread humbucker on a guitar was known as the PAF, which stood for patent applied for. Question number four, Dave, you're three for three. It wouldn't be rock and roll without smashing your guitar. The very first public guitar smashing by a rock guitarist was done by Pete Townsend of The Who. What was the brand of guitar that he smashed in 1964 at a performance at the Railway Tavern?
2: I think it was Rickenbacker. Is that your answer? Yes.
1: Helen? That is correct. That is correct for the point. (laughs) Uh, Fun fact, for a few months in 1964, the Who changed their name to the high numbers, and it was during these few months that Townsend performed that first guitar smash. All right, Dave, you have a chance to go five for five and still have not used one of your hints. Here we go with number five. Michael Anthony played a Yamaha bass guitar on Van Halen's 1984 World Tour. The guitar was custom designed and painted to look like what? A
2: bottle of Jack
1: Daniels. Helen?
0: That is correct. Dave Hill is
1: five for five, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Five for five with no hints. Very, very Great good, Dave.
0: Great
1: job. Uh, fun fact, we did an entire segment about Jack Daniels with guest Jody Miller on episode 18 of Go Fact Yourself. Wow. Yeah, she she knows a lot about uh, Jack Daniels and not just. Yeah. Uh, I not it just at the store, so
4: I do know that that's what she drinks. So yes. <laughs> very know, yeah, 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 very, good. very funny. As the bartender, you know that very good.
1: All right, Dave, you obviously did very well in that round, but now here's your expert level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. Uh oh. We'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is home to many iconic electric guitars and currently has many more on display for their exhibit called Play It Loud, For up to three points, identify the electric guitar legends who played these instruments from that exhibit, each with interesting nicknames. First, a circa 1956 Gretsch called the Twang Machine. Next, a 1967 Gibson Flying V called Love Drops. And last, a composite made of three different Fender Stratocasters called Blackie.
2: Eric Clapton played Blackie. Jimi Hendrix played the Flying V. And the twang master was Bo Diddley. The twang machine. twang machine was Bo Diddley.
1: Okay, so we've got Bo Diddley for the twang machine, Jimi Hendrix for uh, the flying V, Love Drops, and Eric Clapton for Blackie. That's what you're going with there? Yes. Okay, Helen is taking note of those answers. We've an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight?
0: Joining us tonight is a musician, guitar shop owner, and vice president of technology for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's Tim Parman.
5: <laughs> Tim Parnan.
1: Oh Hello, Tim Parman.
5: How's it going? Thanks for having me. Thank amazing. you for being here. Tim,
1: welcome. Uh, now, Tim, I understand you
5: and Dave know each other somehow. Oh, uh, we go way back. We we've shared the stage together. I mean, we're talking grade yeah. school, high school. Grade
0: school. You guys go back to grade yeah. school. Yeah.
2: In fact, it. The funny thing is. When you were saying the, the question, there would be an expert, and I was like, oh, you know who would be the best expert for this?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's Tim Farnan?" Yeah. So you and got then died. when, when yeah. the
5: Rock Hall approached and said, you're going to be on a game show with some celebrities, I was very excited. <laughs> Every day, um, Dave texts me and the rest of his friends to tell us that he's actually famous. <laughs> he reminds us that he's famous, but th- this is nice, tangible proof that... That yeah. Dave Hill is is a true celebrity.
0: <laughs> it's proof. Wow! Did you? I can't believe you guys know each other from grade school. So, did you have a love of, of guitars going back that far, both of you?
5: We're guitar fanatics. I, I would think if you are into guitars more than we are, then I, I would feel sorry for you.
1: Wow. <laughs> right, we're going to talk about your uh, your work at the Rock Hall in just a moment. But Helen mentioned that you actually own a guitar shop as well. Tell us about that.
5: Yeah, I own a store, co-owner of a store called Guitar Riot down in Cleveland, where we carry, you know, a lot of name brands and, and boutique brands. But it's it's more high-end, high-end guitar. It's That's the so best.
2: Cool. It's the best store. I will say that with no uh, bias.
5: D- Dave qualifies for the friends and family discount. Oh, good. Yeah. I would hope so. Well, he,
1: he was. I don't think we mentioned this. He was actually in your wedding. Yeah, he was my best
5: man at my wedding, which tells you how, how small the world is with this with this grouping here tonight. <laughs> it, it, this makes us look like
1: geniuses, but really we were just incredibly lucky. We knew we wanted to try to do this topic. And uh, I actually went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, as, a, as a tourist about a year ago. So we just reached out to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And it happened that this was our expert, the, the woman who was helping to coordinate, said, oh, by the way, is this going to disqualify him? <laughs> we're like, no, it's going to mean he's not going to cancel.
2: Oh, that's Thank hilarious. You. No, it's like one of those things I would have called Tim tomorrow and been like, I did this thing last night. You should have been on it. But he is on
1: it. <laughs> Tim, let me ask you about your work at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, You are the Vice President of Technology. What does a Vice President of Technology do for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame?
5: Yeah, we have seven uh, divisions at the Rock Hall. I run the Digital Technology Division. We just launched, uh, post-pandemic, a mobile ticketing solution where you can come in with touchless, paperless, ticket entry. It's full on digital there.
1: And uh, yeah, I have to say the, the, the exhibits there use technology so well. I was there about a year ago just visiting and uh, I actually use one of their exhibits where you can uh, print out sort of the, the tour stickers. It's, it's a great place for anyone who loves, who loves rock music and, and it's such a wonderful celebration and, and, uh, and a great curation. Um, how much of the stuff uh, it, that's in the collection at the Rock Hall is not on display? Like What percentage at any given time is available for the public to see?
5: Well, you know, we, we have tons in storage. You know, we rotate stuff in and out throughout the years. I mean, the, the, the Play Aloud exhibit that's going on right now covers this topic uh, specifically. We have yeah. a collection of the most primo gear, everything from Keith Moon's Pictures of Lily drum set to Steve Ray Vaughan's number one Strat to... Keith Richards' rig, Eddie Van Halen's rig, you know, definitely worth checking out.
1: What are some of your favorite objects that are on display at the Rock Hall? What what gets your heart racing?
5: I like the Keith Richards' Black Les Paul. It's hand-painted that he used on Beggar's Banquet. Obviously, the Rory Gallagher Strat I like. Um, that's the one where I think uh, there's many stories about it, but either I heard his his sweat was very acidic, so it kind of burned all the finish off the guitar.
0: That's, that's both interesting and disgusting.
5: <laughs> well, there's a couple of stories. One, he left it in a ditch or it got stolen and they found it in a ditch a couple months later. And then the other one is that, well, obviously he played it, you know, night and day. And then I think his sweat was kind of like ripped through the, the finish after years and years of playing it.
0: He's like alien. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, let's get to the reason that we brought you here as far as our game is concerned. You heard the questions that we asked of Dave. We wanted to know from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame exhibit called Play It Loud, who played a few of the key instruments with interesting nicknames. First, uh, we asked him who played the circa 1956 Gretsch called the Twang Machine. Helen,
5: what did Dave Hill say?
0: Dave said Bo Diddley.
1: And Mr. Parnin?
5: He nailed it. That, that, that's Bo Diddley. That's the Gretsch. Some people refer to it as the cigar box guitar. That's like the red rectangle Gretsch. I think later Gretsch put out a signature model. It was combined with Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top and Bo Diddley called the Billy Bo. Dave, you remember that one? It's kind of...
2: Billy Bo Jupiter.
5: Right. Billy Bo Jupiter. Same size, but a little more curvy. That's
1: That's a sweet one. All right. Dave knows Diddley. All right, next we wanted to know uh, who played that 1967 Gibson Flying V called Love Drops. Helen, what did Dave say?
0: Dave said Jimi Hendrix.
1: And Mr. Parnin?
5: Again, Ace is for Dave. Um, <laughs> Hendrix is known for Fender Strats, you know, throughout his career, but on this one it's a 67 Flying V that he painted, I believe, with nail polish. And I think, <laughs> I think the lead to All Along the Watchtowers is played on that guitar.
1: Wow. And you can actually see it at the Rock Hall. That's amazing. All right. And then finally, we want to know who played that composite made of three different Fender Stratocasters called Blackie. Helen, what did Dave say?
0: Dave said Eric Clapton.
5: And Tim Parnon? Dave is obviously an expert because it's Eric Clapton. Um, So Eric Clapton played Gibson when he was in Cream. I think he played a 335
4: and an SG. I feel like you're just making up.
5: No, I, I, I'm pretty sure. You have to say,
1: uh, I, guitars sound a lot cooler when you call them like, love drops yeah, and when you call yeah, them like a name, right. like a letter
5: and a number.
4: Yeah, G12, 13 5. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Bingo.
5: Eric Clapton bought six Fender Strats, I think, in 1970. He gave one to Pete Townsend, one to George Harrison, and one to Steve Winwood. And then the other three is kind of an amalgamation of those. He took the neck off one, the body off the other one. It's kind of like a mutt guitar. And that is Blackie. So Dave, I mean, these questions were supposed to be hard, but Dave is is a bona fide electric guitar expert.
1: Dave, you had a perfect score throughout your round. Congratulations, Dave. Thank you.
5: And, uh, yeah, congrats. And he, congrats, yes. <laughs> uh,
1: Jade, Jade just passed out from rolling her eyes so hard. Uh, Dave, while we have your friend uh, Tim here, anything you'd like to ask him or say to him as our expert or as your friend? Oh, come on
2: out. <laughs> Let's have beers on the lawn tomorrow.
5: I'll bring a six-pack and a lawn chair.
2: Yeah, that's my Excellent. new thing is drinking yelling at cars.
4: <laughs> it's kind of my <laughs> own thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Tim, Tim, I know that the Rock Hall is uh, open and is conducting things in a safe manner for visitors. And if yeah. people want to find out more about you or your work, where can they find you, Tim?
5: Well, first off, you know, at Rock Hall for all the social sites. And then all of my international fans can find me at Tim Parnin. The Guitar Story mentions at Guitar Raya Clee, But yeah, the Rock Hall is open. We're adhering to all the state health guidelines. You know, we have health screenings. It's a 150,000 square foot building, so you can stretch out in the museum, not get crowded. And obviously all the digital offerings on rockhall.com.
1: Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Thank you to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And have a great night, Tim Parnin. Yeah, thanks, Tim.
0: Thank
1: you. I'll call you later and
5: we can unpack all this.
1: (laughs) 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 All right, Helen, what is our score at the end of that round?
0: At the end of that round, Dave Hill has 10.5 points and Jade Catapretta has zero points with a round of questions for Jade coming up.
1: That's right. We're going to talk with Jade about a topic she knows about. Plus later, Jade and Dave will go head to head in our fast facts round all to find a winner on Go Fact Yourself. Hey, I'm Jared Hill,
2: co host of the brand new Maximum Fun podcast, Fantai.
1: And I'm Travel Anderson. I'm the other more fabulous co host. And the reason you really should be tuning in.
2: I feel the nausea rising.
1: To be fanti is to be a big fan of something, but also have some challenging or anti feelings toward it. Kind of like Kanye. Again. We're all fans of Kanye. He's a musical genius, but like, you know. He thinks slavery is a choice. Or like the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Like, I love the drama, but do I want to see black women fighting each other on screen?
3: To na, no, to the no, no,
2: no. We're
1: tackling all of those complex
2: and complicated conversations about the people, places, and things that we love. Even though they may not love us back. time, Maximum Fun, Podcast. Ew.
0: Welcome back to Go Fact to Yourself, where our score is Dave Hill with 10.5 points and Jade Catapretta with 0 points. Once again, here's Jake Keith Van Stratton.
1: Thank you, Helen. All right, Jade, you got your work cut out for you, but I think we can get some points on the board for you in this round. Now, Jade, of your many interests, you told us that you know a lot about Miley Cyrus, the musical Rent, and laser hair removal. Let's find <laughs> out a little bit more about each of those <laughs> and how you combine all of them on a given day. Uh, first, you said you know a lot about Miley Cyrus.
4: Yes, it's a random factoid. I went kind of as a, as a joke to one of her concerts and then immediately became a fan.
1: <laughs> so what is it about Miley you think that appeals to you?
4: <laughs> you know, I think she's a free spirit. Um, there's a part of me that even as a comic, I do have some restraints on myself. So I'm a little bit jealous and envious of, you know, um, how out there she is and um, how she's been in this business for a long time and kind of re-developed kind of developed her image over and over, kind of like Madonna reinvented mm-hmm. herself. Yeah, so, which, which uh,
1: do you, are you? Are you on board with all of her different incarnations? Or is the one that you like a lot more? Uh, or is there one that you, you wish you hadn't? Uh, she hadn't experienced.
4: You know, they're all necessary. I feel like i <laughs> I feel like every breakup was timely with all her breakups. Um, mm. and so the music was really there for me, <laughs> and then I was a little wild, you know, and then that that music was there for me. So yeah, yeah I've Wonderful. enjoyed every every phase.
1: Excellent. All right, you also said you know a lot about the musical Rent.
4: Yes. Yes. I went to school for musical theater. So like many uh, musical theater kids out there, there was a lot of massage circles and rent in college.
5: (laughs) So uh,
4: that's, that's kind of what got me into loving musicals and um, loving New York and kind of being obsessed with that whole like artist vibe of living Mm -hmm. in New York and being broke. And, you know, fighting against the patriarchy and being gay and stuff, so I love it. I didn't know that you sang, Jade. Huh? You didn't know that? You've never seen I, me do, I, I do a lot of my
0: um, sets with music, with a piano player. You've never seen me do a I set don't at the store? I've, ever, I don't, I've seen you do many sets at the yeah. store, But why am I blanking of you singing? Yeah, so I would do the original room. I would Jeff would always play with me, Jeff Scott. Mm -hmm. and then
5: the main room. I
4: think most of our shows we probably did our main room or belly room. There's a piano up there, so it's it's hard to like you know lug one up there. But I sometimes I would bring a keyboard up there awkwardly and kind of make it happen. Wow, that's
1: That's great, cool. And then finally, Jade, you said you know a lot about laser hair removal.
4: You know, I'm Brazilian, so uh, a lot. Most of my young adult life, I spent. trying to remove hair from my body. Um,
5: <laughs>
4: it's funny, because then I got a little bit of alopecia and I like lost a little bit of hair as if my body was like, I get it, we get the message. And I was like,
5: no,
4: no. Um, <laughs> But um, I, I spread laser hair removal to, to so many friends that I basically removed all the
0: hair on my body for free from re- from just referrals alone. Wow, so you're, you're just like, you're, you're like a, a hardcore disciple of laser. I honestly
4: think it is just, and also, Fun fact: My dad was one of the pioneers of holography, so lasers kind of run deep in the family. I mean, okay. they're different, but wow! Yeah. All right. What well, to summarize,
1: Jade? You said that you know a lot about Miley Cyrus, the <laughs> musical Rent, and laser hair removal. Today, we're going to quiz you about the musical Rent.
4: Pew, pew, pew. Yeah, okay. yep, yes.
1: I, I love that song from Rent. Uh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, you mentioned that you study musical theater. Were you ever in a production of Rent?
4: No, I, Rent was not, and we never did that one. I feel like it was like maybe a little too dark, even for Emerson College.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. do you have a favorite song or scene or character from uh, from the um, show?
4: Um, I would probably Mimi is my favorite character. That's the sure. the part that everybody wants to. So, take me out tonight is definitely yeah, the.
1: That's a great one. The one. We actually had Anthony Rapp from the original cast as a guest <gasps> on episode forty it's of Go yourself. So We encourage our listeners to go listen to that very fun episode. Alright, well, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in the topic of rent to test your mastery in the subject with an expert-level question worth up to three points. Yes, look at that big smile. Before that, to let you show your love, here are your five trivia questions about the topic, each worth one point. If you want it, you're allowed a hint for any two of the five questions. Now, Dave, listen closely, because if Jade answers incorrectly, you can seal. Dave, by the way, how much do you know about the musical rent? I know it's a musical. Alright, Jade, I think, uh, I think it's going to be up to you if you want to give Dave a a chance to get in here. He did not give you a chance to steal. Let's see how you do in your question no, you about it <laughs> All right, here we go. Question number one. In addition to multiple Tony Awards, Rent also won what prestigious prize for drama? A prize that's often associated with journalism and literature.
4: Oh no! Oh no! I don't know this. Um, can I, may I have a Helen? May I, may I please have a hint?
1: Helen, how about that first hint?
0: People sometimes mispronounce the first syllable of this prize as pule, but it's
1: really pull.
0: Okay, Poulter? Helen? Poulter? That is
4: correct. That is
1: correct for the point. Uh, Fun fact, while the Pulitzer for drama usually goes to a play, it does sometimes go to musicals, like it did for Rent, Hamilton, Next to Normal, and most recently, A Strange Loop. All right, Jade, you're on the board. Here's question number two. Act two of Rent begins with the song Seasons of Love. As we learn in the song, repeatedly, how many minutes are in a year? And please sing your answer. Five
4: hundred, twenty-five thousand, six hundred minutes. Helen, that is correct.
1: That is correct and very well sung as well. That, that was beautiful. It was that really wonderful. was lovely. Oh,
4: thanks,
1: Steve. Fun fact on the original <laughs> cast album: a bonus track of the song is featured with vocals by Stevie Wonder. All right, here's question number three. <laughs> Act one ends with the song "La Vie Boheme," which contains dozens of cultural references. But which one of the following people is not mentioned in the song? Is it Maya Angelou, Lenny Bruce, Federico Fellini? Or Pee-wee Herman?
4: I'm going to go with Fellini.
1: Helen?
0: That is correct.
1: That is correct. Fellini is not mentioned. Other Italian directors are. Uh, Fun fact, Maya Angelou is used to rhyme with Curry Vindaloo. I Harif love that. DeLue, I have to look that one
4: up because it would always get I would always get stuck in that spot. You know, you just make up words, or you're like na da Yeah,
1: yeah. You're three for three, Jade. Here's question number four. Rent was made into a 2005 movie directed by Chris Columbus. Most of the original main cast was in the movie version, but two of the eight people in main roles were new for the movie. Name the two actors who were not in the Broadway stage version.
4: Um, Well, Daphne Rubin Vega played the original Mimi that was played by um, Rosalia Dawson in the film. Right. Rosalia. So that was Mimi was the first one that was a wrong cast. Is that what you're asking for? The name of the person?
1: We're asking for the two actors in the movie who were not in the Broadway production. Okay. So Rosalia
4: Rosalia, and then, um, Ooh, can I have the hint for the second?
1: Yes. Uh, Helen, how about that second hint?
0: Just the tip, please. <laughs> one of them has the initials R D. The others' initials are T T. T T. Oh man, I was gonna say Tay
4: Diggs, but I don't think it's Tay Tiggs. Um, <laughs> oh man, I don't know this one, guys. I'm sorry. Want to just
1: give? Want to just give a guess of someone with initials T T? Th-
4: Thomas Taylor.
1: Uh, Helen, is it Rosario Dawson and Thomas Taylor? It is not. No, I'm terribly sorry. Dave with a chance to steal. Tiny, it's Tiny Tim. I, I know it. No, gosh, I have no idea. Helen, is it Tiny Tim?
0: It is not Tiny Tim. No,
1: I'm terribly sorry. Rosario Dawson was correct. Tracy Toms. Tracy Toms. Tracy oh, Toms. Weak. Oh, we go. Dang it. Yes, she, played, uh, she played Joanne. Uh, Helen, you would you like to give uh, Jade a half point for getting the Rosario Dawson part? I would. Okay, like to
0: a half give you a you point half for point. Jade. Yeah.
1: All right, here is question number five. You have no hints available, but let's see if you can figure this one out. Oh, no. Rent ran on Broadway for over 12 years, finally closing in 2008. Within 250, how many performances did Rent have on Broadway?
4: What, I'm sorry, 250 is what the total...
1: No, no, within, within 250, so you have a, you have a range yeah. of 250. You can be either under or over 250. How many performances did Rent have on Broadway in its 12 years?
4: And it's 12 years. Let's see, 12 years, seven nights a week, probably two shows a night. So 14 shows a week, 14, four times four, 28, 28 times two is 56, 56 is per month. So that's per month. So that times 12, 56 times 12 is 500, Ooh, um, okay, okay, 52 times 12. Wow, a lot. Um,
1: <laughs> Helen, is it a lot?
4: So, hold on. Um, no, that's not my final. That's on my final. Answer. Okay, 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 okay. Um, 764. 764.
1: Helen? That is not correct. No, I'm terribly sorry. Dave, with a chance to steal. The
2: question is how many times was it performed over its 12 years?
1: Yes. On Broadway. Uh, 30,660. 30,660. Helen?
0: That is not correct.
1: Wait, no, I'm afraid both of you are way wait, off the track. Five hundred
0: twenty-five
4: thousand six hundred times. <laughs>
1: that that would have been that would have been a great answer. Both of those would have been a record. No, it is five thousand one hundred twenty-three. Oh, wow, so oh wait, I, my math.
2: I did something crazy with the math. No wonder that. Yeah, I think maybe I both
1: of
2: have, you did um, <laughs> I did. I yeah.
0: I was like, I, mean, I was starting to be really impressed with your
1: math skills, like on the fly, though, Jade.
0: I feel like I was getting there. If I would have like sat with it, I
4: kind of I uh, panicked. I panicked.
1: One of the things I love about the show is how people figure things out, and sometimes it's fun how they don't figure things out. Um, Fun fact, on the all-time list, Rent is number 11 behind Beauty and the Beast. For the most Broadway performances, Beauty and the Beast had 5,461. All right, you still did pretty well in that round, Jade, but now here's your expert-level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. We'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. Oh, I'm excited. Jade, Rent was nominated for 10 Tony Awards, including four for its performers. One of those performers won the Tony. For up to three points, name two of the three performers who were nominated but didn't win and name the actor who was nominated and did win. So
4: Tay Diggs and um, Adam Pascal were both nominated and then
0: okay. uh, Dina Menzel won.
1: All right. Helen is taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight?
0: Joining us tonight is an actor who won a Tony for his performance in Rent, it's Wilson Jermaine Heredia. Uh-huh. Hell yeah, what's up? We went to high school together.
1: What? Hey!
3: Hi! How you, d- how how you doing,
1: Wilson? <laughs> Wait a minute, is that true? Did you really go to high school together? Oh, okay, absolutely. I thought you were just pulling a yeah. Dave yeah. Hill. Okay. The absolutely of Rio, De, De Janeiro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't. we
0: met
1: <laughs> you got me on that one. Hello, Wilson, uh, Jermaine Haredi. It's so wonderful to welcome you to the show and to meet you. Thank you for having me. Hey, how you doing?
5: Very well. Hi.
1: You were with Rent from the start. How many performances uh, did you have as Angel, do you think, if you're counting the off-Broadway run and then the Broadway uh, run, and then you performed in London as well?
3: Yeah, I, I did it on and off for about, for about four years. So, I mean, wow. you know, you, you do the math, and I mean, I, I, I didn't do we all. We can't. We
4: actually can't be <laughs> 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 well, we, we don't have that skill.
1: That's one thing we've proven. <laughs> yeah. uh, Wilson, you, of course, you, you performed as Angel, and it's such a beautiful performance. Yes. And I was uh, surprised to read an in, uh, interview I saw that uh, you said you didn't sort of get it. You didn't get the role until just before the, the opening off-Broadway. Yeah, I
3: didn't feel like I, I locked it in yet. It took the death of Jonathan uh, right. for, for us to finally, you know, get it together. Mm. Um, That's and, Jonathan um, Larson, of course,
1: the creator yeah. of, of Rent, composer and lyricist.
3: Yeah, after he passed away, it just became that much more serious. And mm. I guess what what it was is that that um, I stopped being self conscious of myself, and I just did it. Mm. Um, and so I was able to to really surrender to the role, and I just kind of like trusted in the process, trusted in everything that that we worked on, trusted in Jesse uh, L. Barton. And uh, and then it just happened, and then all of a sudden, oh, like cool. I gave, I, I just gave into the character. So
1: yeah, well, you can definitely tell that that is a character that, that uh, I think it would be very challenging to perform with any degree of self consciousness. Well, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, you yeah. should
4: try it in heels, which he did. Yeah. well, I was going to ask yeah. that you know,
1: <laughs> that role of Angel is such a demanding role. You've got the drumming and the dancing, the emotions, the the different styles yeah. of music, uh, yeah. plus those, I guess, five and a half inch I read platform heels. What was what, what, what was yes, some of the sir. biggest challenges of of that role for you? Sciatica.
3: <laughs> i was gonna say your calf muscles must have been burning oh i'm diesel i mean they're, they're diesel right now oh man <laughs> were there ever nights where you didn't where you, where you didn't make that table jump you know what? It's funny thing is i was just talking to my chiropractor today about that Uh-oh. um and, and and the funny thing is that you know people have always asked me that question and the jump is not the issue it was jumping off of it oh really because for anyone that actually, even in the film, um, I would I would jump like like six seven feet into the air, off the table, mm. and and uh, and then continue the number, and then finish the number as if though I wasn't out of breath. Um, wow! So that was really so. It was really the impact—eight shows a week—that that was really, wow. you know, that, oh. that was really. Oh, yeah. what, but you know, I was 24. <laughs> I was invincible, so I, I, I didn't. I, it, it, it didn't really matter to me, you know. Uh, Those
0: platform heels didn't come with good
5: shocks. Uh,
3: it, no, no, actually, it had like it had metal hinges because I kept on popping <gasps> them every night. You know, like oh every, every my other God. night, because that was you know the impact of. Uh, I you know I went hard. You know why yeah. why, why why bother doing it? If you're not gonna do it hard, so that's You worked that, for yeah. that,
0: Tony.
4: You
3: worked. You know, for it. I did. <laughs>
2: I know.
4: I, Angel is, I think Angel is, is the heart of the entire show, is the glue of the entire show. We love her so much, or him dresses her so much, that we forget yeah. that she literally murders yeah. a dog. <laughs> We're
3: like, that's yeah. <laughs> I don't necessarily murder the dog. She doesn't murder the dog. What, what happens is she, she she sort of convinces the dog. To jump, uh, jump out of the ah. window. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was like it was, it was sort of a, it, it was a suggestion. The dog did it. It was like, hey, you know, I, I had no <laughs> hand in it. You know. <laughs> Who's, wow. who's to say?
1: Who's to say yeah, the free that any dog to, has? Like, at a,
3: exactly. A, it at was window. like, hey, you know, who's to say? I was like, I didn't make it do it. Yeah.
4: You did. I have a question, and it's a lyric yes. question, and it's always yes. bothered me. Okay, there's a uh-huh. part wh- um, in the song the where you go, and then I dressed as a boom, then I got back on the street singing. What are you saying there? Because even on the lyrics, and then I dressed as I dressed the wound, or is I dressed as a wound,
3: like oh, I dressed the, and then, I, and, and then I dressed the wound and got him back on his feet. Yeah, the wound, yeah. The nurse took him home for some McCurricone, and then I dressed the wound and got him back on his feet. Yeah, and then wound. I'm
4: back on the street See, I'll get it, um, she, yeah. because he had just gotten robbed, and you were, like, taking care of yeah. him.
3: Yeah, I'm from Brooklyn. It was still hard I to could. get that, you know, I could get that <laughs> wound, 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 <laughs> wound. <laughs> We don't dress our wounds in Brooklyn. Yeah. And just remember, I just jumped off the <laughs> table, so hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, give him a break, Jade. Just jumped off the table. <laughs> Seven feet in the air. Uh, <laughs> what was your experience at the Tonys like? It, it felt really cool because there was so many people that I've admired over the years mm-hmm. that, that um, I felt that for once... I, and it was kind of scary that I can actually be perceived as their peer, uh, mm. and these are the same people that that you know I've admired. I wasn't I was backstage with Bernadette Peters, and and I'm going like, oh, you know, uh, <laughs> she's amazing, um, yeah. or, or getting advice from Gregory Hines. Uh, I mm. remember like like waiting backstage with Gregory Hines, and and him telling me like, mm-hmm. get a chiropractor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he should know. Yeah he, yeah, he he definitely would have known. He's like, you know, um, there's gonna be a lot of things that happen in your life. Um, it, it, it's going gonna have a lot of ups and a lot of downs. He's like, enjoy it. Mm-hmm. enjoy this moment right now it was like oh. all right it was like so that's my, my you know my Gregory Hines. so he was like enjoy it so that's what I passed on to kids too it was like enjoy it enjoy that's it. great
0: where's your Tony where is it
3: it's uh to my left oh I have a crazy t- Tony story but but uh but yeah Please. it's it's to my left. um because of a move I moved back and forth from here to LA and it actually got <laughs> lost um <gasps> Yeah, yeah, it it actually got lost. Um, oh no! I, and I had it replaced. I I actually called called the, the the theater wing, and they replaced it. But I remember before I moved back over here to the East Coast, I remember kind of like um, looking up to the sky one night, and and before like it was like a day before I moved back, and and I thought like. You know, I just want my original tone. For some reason, it was like it, it was really important to me that I had the original one, that the one yeah. that I won.
0: You want the one that you that you held and you gave your speech with and you got up on the stage and you grabbed it like, yeah, yeah. that's huge. And
3: I jumped on that stage, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a week after I moved back, someone gave me a call. And it was somebody from the touring one of the touring casts of Rent. They said, like, we have something of yours. Apparently, like, it was hanging out some, uh, on, on the mantelpiece of, of these actors who happened to be uh, on one of the touring cast. And they knew exactly, they, they said, like, this belongs, this belongs to, you know, this belongs to somebody. Oh uh, it God. belongs to Wilson. And because we, you know, the Rent family, we all kind of know each other, they eventually got to me. And within a, a week of moving back to the East Coast... I got my original Tony back, and so what? I, so so I have to say, and this is a true story, you can't make this up. Yeah. when something is for you, wow, something is for you, mm. and, oh, uh, and 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 um, that's why you have two Tonys, <clears throat> and now and that <laughs> and that is the story of the two Tonys. <laughs> yeah. You have a,
0: you have a backup, Tony. Yeah, that's crazy. it is, it's a
3: backup Tony. That's incredible. That is
0: such a, that uh, is such a sign from the universe that you were supposed to move back.
3: Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. And I uh, mean,
0: that's crazy. I have chills, that's crazy. Quick
4: question, I have to ask, what, did you work on the TV version? And how did you feel? I know that they had a problem and they couldn't do, they had to film the rehearsal and kind of air Uh, that. uh,
3: Are you saying, do you think that I was ready actually to go into the TV version and take over? I was
4: just thinking, because, you know, uh, I'm a huge fan of RuPaul's Drag Race, of course, Valentina. Valentina,
3: Valentina, she's great. Valentina. I was
4: excited for someone who didn't have the career, you know, like in, in musical theater and maybe we would bring something different, but it was... Mm. It was rough. I'm sorry, Valentina. Um, it, was, it was a yeah. rough one. Was it, was, you know, watching it, kind of just what was, were you involved with the project first of all? Because I know they had a lot of people helping out. And Well,
1: I know like, they had a know, lot of the and... original cast join the join the TV cast at the end. So you were there. Yeah, I, I wish they did. No, they
3: didn't put me in contact with Valentina. Um, if anything, not not to to improve or to tell her what to do, but more to really inform her. Of what I've learned playing that character, because it's very easy to to get caught up in in the glitz and well, the showy part of what Angel is, um, and and the sass of what Angel is, because of the Santa suit and and uh, you know and the Pussy Galore suit and so forth. And I think that working with Michael and and Jonathan also kind of like you know set me straight and it forced me to to really play the character and really and really approach the character and just purely purely just a human way um you don't have to be that outrageous when you're when you're playing a character like that because the outfit is kind of doing that for you mm. um the main thing that that i i have seen in some performances um um and and some touring i mean and and, they, and they're all my by the way i've always thought all of them were talented 100 percent talented um but it's really easy to miss the fact that angel is really purely about love Mm. Purely, and and that that um, and that angel does not judge. He's the one character that has absolutely no judgments. And if you play it internally, thinking that, then it hits a lot harder. And then people believe, um, and and people will also miss the character mm. as opposed to just performing it.
1: Mm. Right. Uh, one of the things you're doing lately is teaching, and I understand, obviously, for reasons we understand, that that segued to online teaching. Tell us about the classes yes. that you're offering.
3: Actually, I work with a company called Artists and Beyond, um, and uh, originally, um, prior to the COVID crisis that we've been dealing with, um, I would go around the country and I would teach master classes, um, mm-hmm. and um, I also would teach one-on-one here um, uh, via via Skype. It's sort of a la carte lessons in the sense that. That if you want to um, learn the auditioning process or, or mm. something with Laura Bell Bundy, she's available. <laughs> Tracy Toms also is is on that site. Um, you know, Constantine from, from American Idol. Um, mm. We all have something that we're experts in. I would say so. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've been teaching, though, for, for about six years. So I, mm. I've my expertise is uh, acting through song. Mm. And... Um, all you have to do is just go on the website and look for me at look for Wilson Jermaine Heredia um, and um, find you know we'll, uh, see what what time um, is, is that that you have available. You you can either choose like you know a, a time frame of like thirty minutes. You can choose forty five minutes. You can choose an hour if you want the master masterclass. Uh, be, uh, um, then you can choose that. So. Um, that's w- 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 mm-hmm. what I do in the site, but pl- but plus you know there's a whole bunch of other artists, but we're talking about me, so yeah, I <laughs> <laughs> d- definitely go check me out, people. Not only do do I am I good at it, but I also um, I love doing it. It's it, it's really it shows I love doing it, and yeah. and really
1: what a, what a bright spot in these dark times, and and a way to make you know lemonade out of lemons. The fact that that people can yeah. come to Tony Winter. Wilson Jermaine Heredia and, and, and learn from you. It's It's been wonderful to speak with you. Let's get to Thank the reason so that we much. brought you here as far as our game is concerned. You did hear the question sorry. that we asked of Jade Cotapra. I messed up, I messed up,
4: I messed <laughs> up. I should have known you. Your name, I'm sorry.
1: That's all right. It's all right. Uh, I, I'm saying that's all right. You're the one who should say that's yeah. all right. Uh, let's get to the question that we asked of uh, Jade. Uh, we want to know uh, the first of two cast members from Rent who were nominated for Tony and didn't win. Helen, what was the first name of those that Jade gave us?
0: Jade said Adam Pascal.
1: And Mr. Heredia? Correct. That is correct for a point. Adam was nominated and did not win. Very good. It's
4: one of my first crushes in life. I saw my Naida too. 2. He was great.
1: Excellent. All right, uh, Helen, what was the second name that Jade gave us as a nominee from Rent who did not win?
0: Jade said Tay-Diggs. <laughs> and Mr. Heredia? Right.
1: Uh, no, it is not Tay-Diggs. No, I'm, I'm sorry. That is not correct. And then finally, uh, Helen, we wanted to know who was nominated and did win the Tony. I think we know now, but let's see what Jade said. Jade said Idina Menzel And Mr. Radia? She was nominated as well. She was nominated, mm-hmm. but she, who, who yes. was the one who won, though? Me. It was you. <laughs> that's always got to be fun to say. I feel like
3: that's yeah. a half and, a point. That's at least a half her. And, and Daphne Rubin-Vega also was, was nominated as well.
1: Yeah, so Adam Pascal, Adina Mendel, and Daphne Rubin-Vega were the ones who yes. were nominated, and uh, Wilson Jermaine Heredia was nominated and won. Uh, we yes. do have to get going, but uh, if people want to find out more about you and your work, where can they go, Wilson? Uh,
3: they can find me on Instagram at Wilson
1: Jermaine Heredia uh, at
3: Instagram Uh, you can go uh, Facebook for the old folks uh, Wilson J. Heredia (laughs) Um, and one, one and only Wilson on Twitter and, of course, you could find me on Artists and Beyond.
1: Excellent. Well, we're so happy that we found you and that yeah. you found your way to us. It's an honor and a privilege to talk with you. Wilson, you. Jermaine Heredia, ladies and gentlemen.
3: Today, for you,
0: tomorrow, for <laughs> <Sunday. laughs> I think I want to give Jade uh, a point for saying Adina Menzel, even though you didn't. You thought she won and she didn't. I, I think I want to give her a point. And an I did get point. Adam Pascal. Yeah, you yes. did. You got the point did for that, Pascal. for
2: sure.
1: All hmm. right. Well, Helen... All bets are off. What is our score as we go into the final round?
0: Going into the final round, Dave Hill has 10.5 points, and Jade Catapretta has 5.5 points. All right, but now mm-hmm. it is
1: time for our final round we call Fast Facts. I'll read 10 statements, and each contestant will answer with true or false. I'll start with Dave and alternate between each guest. Each correct answer is worth one point. Again, the answer to each statement is true or false. Here we begin. Dave, according to roaminghunger.com, a brand-new food truck should cost less than $5,000. False. Correct. Jade, according to RoamingHunger.com, a brand new food truck can cost over $10,000. Uh, True.
4: Correct.
1: That's right. Most actually cost over $100,000. Oh, my God. Dave, there's been a food truck named the Grillenium Falcon. Uh, True. Correct. Jade, the Grillenium Falcon served grilled fish.
0: False. Correct.
1: Dave, the Grillenium Falcon served grilled cheese. True. Correct. Jade, they served one called a boba feta.
0: True. Incorrect.
1: No, what a wasted opportunity. Dave, they also served Darth taters. True. They better have.
0: They
4: better. (laughs) Incorrect. What?
1: Nope. Another wasted opportunity. I
4: am your potato.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Jade, they also served Obi Wan kebabies.
0: False. Correct.
1: Dave, they also served Han froyo. (laughs) False. (laughs) Correct. Jade, they also served Princess Seven Leia dip.
4: Oh, I don't know. I feel like you guys are being
0: tricky. I'm going to go with true. Incorrect.
1: No, I'm sorry. And finally, Dave, I stayed up all night writing Star Wars food puns. True. (laughs) That's Correct.
3: correct. We're not going to count that one. That's just for
1: fun. Uh, We want to thank Jade and Dave while Helen tabulates the final score. Helen, are you ready to announce the winner of tonight's show? I am.
0: At the end of the game, Dave Hill has 14.5 points, and Jade Cataprata has 8.5 points. Oh, a
1: very nice comeback, but not quite enough to catch Dave. Dave, congratulations. You are the facting champion on Go Fact Yourself. What will you do with your championship? I'm going to
2: get a food truck and offer all those items. That you may have, <laughs> and you guys are all welcome to join me in this venture. Excellent,
1: we will, we will. That just uh, that just leaves us the opportunity for our guests to promote any upcoming products, appearances, or services. Dave, where can people find you and your work?
2: I'm on Instagram at Mr. Dave Hill at Mr. Dave Hill. Uh, Facebook uh, at the I don't know somewhere on there, and I'm permanently <laughs> banned from Twitter for life so i'm not on there
4: lucky you
2: and i know it's actually i cannot recommend yeah. it enough <laughs> and uh yeah get my new stand-up album the pride of cleveland on 800-pound gorilla records
1: excellent so wonderful to have you the pride of cleveland indeed mr dave hill you. a credit where can people find you
4: hey guys everybody watch the soup it's on e wednesday nights at 11 p.m we have a great episode tonight i'm really excited and then I'm also going to do my first virtual headlining Zumba type of thing um, on October 17th on RushTick.com, And that's me, myself, and Zumba is the name of the, uh, the hour. <laughs> <I'm> very excited. <laughs> um, and then you can check me out on Instagram, Facebook, and all that stuff at jadecatapretta or jadecatapretta.com for my website.
1: Lovely. It was well, lovely to have you and wonderful to meet you, Jade Catapretta. Thank, Thank you for you being here. Thank you guys
4: for having me so much. This was fun. Yeah. Thank
0: you. And that was so cool to meet Angel.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, my hosting partner is... Ms. Helen Hong, what do you have going on?
0: Hello, you can see me on Netflix on uh, um, The Babysitter 2, which is coming out September 10th.
1: Oh, nice. Excellent. Take that, babysitter one. Yeah. Uh, and me, you can find me on Twitter at J underscore Keith, on Instagram at jkeith.net, all spelled out. That just leads you to thank Dave Hill, Jade Catapretta, Tim Parnon, Wilson Germain Heredia. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at GoFactorPod. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, update our wiki at gofactorwiki.fandom.com, and buy our T-shaped shirt at maxfunstore.com. I'm J. Keith Van Stratton. Good night. Like what you hear? Come see us live. Someday. It's free. Go to GoFactorPod.com for our schedule and tickets. And give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, like Cat and Eng did. He, she, or they said, I love the show. The different segments are great, and the hosts, Jake Keith and Helen, are hilarious. Definitely one of my top favorite podcasts of this year. Thanks, Cat and Eng. We hope it's true next year, too. Ellen?
0: <laughs> Go Fact Yourself is a panel quiz program devised by Jim Newman and Jake Van Stratton and comes to you via transcription from various homes across the country. Questions on Go Fact Yourself were compiled by the Trivia Industrial Complex. It is produced in collaboration with Maximum Fun. Go Fact Yourself's theme song and incidental music were written and performed by Jonathan Green. Maximum Fun's senior producer and queen all around is Laura Swisher. Associate producer and editor and man about town is Julian Burrell. Special thanks to Shauna Wilson at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Mitch Clem and Mitch Clem Management, Don Chesbro from Saturday Morning Live on 90FM WWSP, Jennifer Chang, Ray Hamill, Christian Malmeen Tom Aylesworth, Jimmy Pardo, Bob Wheeler, Angel Lynn Madison, Sarah Rodenbaugh, Brandon J. Carr, Clint Tauscher, Mike Avellanos, Adam Neediff, Dave Bianchi, Eric Tran, and Christine Velada. I've been Helen
1: Hong! Let's go jump off tables in heels! Nah, Ouch. Not. Ouch.
4: Maximumfun.org.
3: Comedy and culture.
4: Artist owned. Audience supported.